9 and 9.30, I have what I call an hour of power. And it's during that hour, that's the time that I close my door. I start making phone calls. I call clients. I follow up on things that, you know, I need to do. And it is just that dedicated hour that I'm prospecting for business. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you're a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. All right. So we have our panelists here. I'm SK Vaughn, the host of the Lazy Lady podcast. So excited to have you all um, here on the podcast or the panel discussion tonight. Um, It's an honest conversation with some incredible women talking about topics that are very real to them. We put a poll out there on social media and people responded and said that they were most interested in learning more about setting good routines. And so with that being said, we have some incredible ladies who are going to speak on that topic. So as we mentioned, we have an incredible panel group. I wanted to be sure to introduce each of them as we dive in so you know who they are and what industry that they are from. So we've got first Sarah Maloof. She's a native of Memphis, Tennessee, and now lives in Madison, Mississippi. As an IIN certified health coach, host of the Wellbeing Well Said podcast, and lover of all things wellness. Sarah actively believes in and practices principles learned throughout through her time at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, seeing health and wellness through a whole person lens versus simply looking at diet and or weight. So welcome to the panel, Sarah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Next, we have Christy McDonald. She is a full-time licensed realtor and has worked in the industry since 2003. She has a passion for taking the time to learn what her client is looking for and matching them with the perfect home. As one of two team leaders of the Sargent McDonald team, her main vision was to create a legacy for helping people invest in the American dream. Christy has been married since February of 2002 to a Hoover police lieutenant. They have a daughter named Mallory and a little boy named Hughes. Christy is an avid travel junkie and concert fanatic. Welcome, Christy. Thank you, SK. Next up, we've got Angela Stewart. She is a senior account manager for Electromagnetic Marketing in Birmingham, Alabama. We work together with who? Shout out. Serving as a liaison between clients and team, Angela enjoys being a member of the team, serving clients with excellence and helping them achieve their goals. She is married and is a mother of two girls. In her free time, Angela volunteers at her church as a three-year-old preschool teacher. She enjoys international travel and her favorite food is Indian. So welcome, Angela. Thanks for having me, SK. It's so good to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. Last but certainly not least is Tamaya Watts. She's a certified human resource professional with over six years of experience. She currently works as the HR talent management partner at Bellagio, a luxury resort and casino in Las Vegas, where she provides professional expertise, coaching, and support as a business partner to leaders of people. In her spare time, Tamaya enjoys spending time with family and friends, traveling, shopping, and of course, 
spoiling uh, Precious Gizmo. So welcome to Maya. So excited to have you on. Thank you to have me. Want to go ahead and start off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? And then I'll go first while we're thinking through that. So how am I surviving this week? Well, I am starting back to work after a really great vacation starting tomorrow. So ask me again tomorrow. Um, But how am I thriving? I just got back from Puerto Rico yesterday and I've just been trying to catch up and do laundry and all the things to get ready for the week. So great time with family and friends and just really enjoyed some much needed downtime. So that's how I'm surviving and thriving. And I'm going to kick it off to Sarah. I am both surviving and thriving. I guess they're intertwined because I'm thriving in the sense that I'm in a season of life where I get to celebrate so many of my friends' milestones with weddings, babies, all the happy things, but it's exhausting too. Um, I am heading out Thursday to my third wedding of the week, all in different cities. So it's very happy time, but I'm a little tired. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. What about you, Christy? Um, well, much like you, SK, I just got back from a week's long um, vacation in Mexico. So I'm um, very rested. Um, so surviving, I guess, would be I caught up on all my emails today after being out for a week. Um, thriving would be all the laundry's done. So <laughs> that's about all I have to add. I love that. What about you, Angela? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I'm kind of a, uh, in the same place as Sarah. I'm surviving and thriving at the same time. Um, we've had some um, unexpected fruit basket turnover in our staff at work. And so we thought we were going one direction with a team member for two weeks. And then that all got turned upside down. And so now um, that person is not going to be on my team. And I have a new person that we hired and have placed in the, a matter of three days. So um, I'm surviving in that I'm having to make that shift and replan all the training and fast track a lot of things, but also thriving. And then I'm excited for this new team member and what she's going to bring to the team and um, how she's going to just be a great help to me. So kind of a dual combo right there, but yeah, super excited. Well, I have a lot to catch up on. It seems like between uh, last week and this week, can't wait. So like the other ladies, I would say I'm surviving and thriving at the same time. Uh, one thing I live by is my calendar, both my work phone calendar and my personal calendar. So it's helped me navigate the week. Um, like everyone knows, it seems like laundry was a big to-do list uh, thing over the weekend. So the fact that I did that and hung the clothes up and folded them makes the week go by just a little bit easier. It's a lot more manageable, um, but I'm thriving as well. Just uh, planned my week ahead of time, planned it last week to accommodate for me being out of office a few days um, during the week. So I'm surviving and thriving. I love it. Uh, It's nice to sometimes have a human element to these kind of conversations, because I feel like, you know, we all think that we've got it all together, but some days it's just like, oh, I'm just surviving. So it's nice to hear that from y'all. So we'll go ahead and kick some things off. Um, I'd love to kind of direct it over to to Maya. So kind of tell us from your perspective, why do you feel like routines are needed in the day-to-day life of uh, an average person or yourself? That is a really great question. Um, so for me, when I think about routines, I think about what is something I do on a daily basis that comes natural and what does that feel like? So first thing that came to mind is making my bed up every morning. It's something that's so simple. It just takes a few seconds to do, but I've noticed the days where I don't make up my bed. I don't start my day making up my bed. The day feels off. Right. And so when I do make up my bed, I feel like, okay, like part one of the day, Part one of 50, you know, is done, um, it's in the books, but it creates structure, it creates, you know, that routine. 
So routines are important because it creates structure, but also creates a sense of manageability. So when I go through my day-to-day, -day, like I'm preparing for uh, meetings or one-on-ones, I work backwards, right? So I think about what outcome do I want this meeting to end with? What do I want to walk away with? What do I want them to walk away with? And I work my way backwards. So in the workplace, you know, you can have your whole day plan and something happens and it throws you off. But by me establishing that routine of working backwards when I'm preparing for my meetings, if something throws my day off, it's okay because I'm having a routine of how I prepare for my meetings. So it gives me a sense of manageability when unpredictable changes happen. Um, also routines are important because from a health standpoint, uh, it creates healthy sleep habits. You know, when you think about nine o'clock, your phone is set to not disturb, you start winding down, you do it every day, you know, your, your body comes adjusted to it and you know, you get hopefully adequate sleep seven, eight hours a day. Um, also, when you think about creating routines as well, it helps sustain positive diet exercise. So if you are someone that's, you know, on your health and fitness track, having a routine of working out either before work or after work um, can really help, you know, ingrain that into your day-to-day -day and help, you know, hold you accountable as well. And lastly, it's important because it really promotes self-care. Um, I feel like right now, especially in today's time, self-care is very important and it's a lot more highlighted than it has been in previous years. So creating a self-care routine, whether that's you do a nice facial or mud, mud mask, maybe uh, within your day-to-day, -day, you know, creating that routine, it gives you time to wind down um, as well. So routines are important because it creates structure, creates manageability. Um, it definitely makes you feel a little less stressed for those unpredictable times. That's a great point. I like the idea of working backwards. I feel like that's easier said than done. I'm just trying to get forward, but I would love to unpack that further. And what do you, when you say you're working backwards for those meetings, like what does that really look like for you? Like in a tangible way? So for me, so for example, um, one of the departments I support, I know one of their big takeaways is gonna be talent acquisition. So I, I know they wanna walk away knowing what's going on in their talent acquisition world, who do they need to contact for certain things? Um, do I know about anything that may be hindering their process or things they can work on? So I think about what outcome I know they wanna walk away with and I work backwards. So now that I've identified, I know they want to know who to contact for X, Y, Z. They want to know uh, what are things they can work on to help move the process along. I review with our talent acquisition partner, like, hey, you know, this particular manager, a particular division, uh, what are some things that you noticed over the past week or even in the past month where um, it's a great opportunity for them to grow? And so I take that information and I make sure I jot it down, I ask for examples. And so I wanna make sure by gathering those examples, I mention them so they walk away knowing, hey, you know, this is what I need to work on. So working backwards is really me identifying what it is, what are their needs and making sure I can accomplish those. Um, it's also like I said, preparing. So I'm talking to the right people I tell acquisition partner, I'm also going through previous emails to see what different things have come by that I see was escalation or something that I need to more like deep dive into when I'm talking to them. That's great. So Christy, you know, how structured is your morning or evening routine? Do you have one that you are a little bit more like, like okay, I've got a really solid morning routine, but I mean, like my evening routine's lacking, or are you just more of like, you know, I'm just going to wake up and do my thing. Like, what, what would you say from your perspective, Christine, how structured <clears throat> will your routines look like? Um, extremely structured. Um, they didn't used to be, I used to fly by the seat of my pants all the time. And I found myself extremely stressed out all the time. I was that person that woke up, um, 
multiple nights awake at like two o'clock in the morning with that panic of, oh my gosh, I forgot X, Y, Z. And so just through trial and error of doing some things differently and putting some, um, I guess, uh, boundaries in place with people in my life. Um, I think the thing that um, Tamaya said a minute ago about the do not disturb on the phone, that was the first thing I started. Um, That was the first boundary I put in place because obviously, like you uh, told everyone, I'm a realtor. So realtors, our phones ring off the hook all the time. And so, you know, I was answering texts and calls and stuff at 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And that was just no good. I mean, really, unless you're a doctor, there's no reason any of us should be working that late at night. Let's be real. Um, So I set um, my phone up at first. I had it started. I think it was at like nine or nine 30 to go on do not disturb. Well, that still wasn't enough time to decompress and, and have some me time. So now um, I backed it up and my phone goes on do not disturb at 8.30 every night and it doesn't come back on until 7.30 in the morning. And between that, those hours at 8.30, that's kind of just quiet time around my house. The kids are either asleep or they're in their room. Um, my husband and I are watching some kind of mindless gear down TV. Um, I always check my calendar because I live by my um, Google calendar. I always check check my calendar and see what I've got going on in the morning. I also keep a list of notes in my on my phone, the note thing of, of what I need to do and kind of the things I need to tackle first in the day. I also um, started keeping a notebook beside my bed. So when you have those middle of the night, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Or, oh, I need to do this. I was writing it down and I wasn't laying there trying to make myself remember it for the next morning because that's one of those things that was keeping me up at night of trying to remember all the things. Um, and then in the morning when I get up, I'm I'm real good about that routine. I wake up just naturally every morning between 6 and 6.30. I don't have to have an alarm. Even when I was on vacation, it just... My body's just in that rhythm. Um, And so when I get up, I listen, I put my AirPods in, listen to praise and worship every morning. That just kind of sets the tone while I'm having my coffee. Um, And then after I shower and stuff and I'm getting ready, I listen to one of my favorite, one of my many favorite pastors, like a message just to kind of set the tone for the day. It's just kind of my thing. And then um, I'm at the office every morning at about 8.30, 8, 8.30 every morning. And I had, you know, just kind of go through the emails and stuff that I've got to answer and get done. And then at about 9 or 9.30, I have what I call an hour of power. And it's during that hour, that's the time that I close my door. I start making phone calls. I call clients. I follow up on things that, you know, I need to do. And it is just that dedicated hour that I'm prospecting for business. Um, because in my world, that's that's how I earn a living. Um, and that's just kind of the routine. And if I miss that hour, um, you know, if something comes up because I'm the broker of my office, so people are always needing something. So sometimes I, I don't get it in at that exact hour. Um, it's sometime throughout the day. But those are that is my my rhythm and that is my schedule. And, it, and it's it's five days a week. And if I miss it, any of those things, my whole day is just off kilter and I feel wonky the rest of the day. And it just it just is.
Yeah. I love the idea of the power hour. I'm, I wrote that one down. I was like, yes, I'm, I need to embrace that at least every day for myself. So I think that's a really great idea. And I love the idea of the notebook. Um, the only thing is that they got to figure out a way to do that in the shower too. Cause all the best ideas come to you when you're either sleeping or you're in the shower something very inconvenient or driving. So um, I love that idea though. Well, I had somebody tell me that if you say out loud something you're trying to remember, three times you'll remember it. So when you're in the shower, maybe say whatever it is three times out loud. So there you go. People around, my husband, your husband might think you're a little weird, but well, that's okay. It's okay. He <laughs> already knows me. Anyway. He already <laughs> knows I'm weird. It's fine. I love right. that. Um, so kind of switching to Sarah over here, being the wellness guru that you are, you know, how do routines play a role in your overall wellness and health? I think Tamaya really touched on that in terms of good sleep, but um, from your perspective, overall wellness and health, what does that look like with a routine? Oh, absolutely. I think that routines can make or break you. And I think the proof is in the pudding. Just think about some of y'all who just got back from vacation. I don't know about you, but for me, even if a vacation's amazing on day five, six, seven, it's like part of you still wants to stay in vacation mode and part of you is ready to get back to some sort of routine. You just, your body craves it. Your mind craves it because there is beauty in routine. I think as humans, we need that structure to give us the required discipline to make good choices in our lives, to make healthy choices, to stay healthy. I think without any kind of routine, like I said, there's no structure without structure. There's not consistency and without consistency, there's really not any improvement. And I think that if we're not moving forward, we're not stagnant. We're actually moving backwards. And for me, routines help me to keep becoming the person I want to be and showing up as every single day, be it with morning routine or even just things that I think we all put routines in a box sometimes and say that routines are, again, our morning routine, our evening routine, our work routine. Think about what you routinely say to yourself. You know, how, what are you saying to yourself in your head? How are you speaking to others? Is your overall well-being a more positive, uplifting energy, or are you draining yourself and others through what you're routinely doing and saying to yourself? So just being really cognizant of what you're repeating, whether it is through actual habits that you implement in the morning or night, or if it's just, again, that self-talk. Wow. That gave me chills a little bit. I wasn't even going there in my brain. I really love where that's a powerful thing. You know, it's almost that repetition in your mind, that negative self-talk. And so I think that's a really good point. Um, from a weight loss perspective, I know that's kind of cringy to say, we've talked about this on the podcast, but from your perspective, like how does a routine, like in good health equate to weight loss or does it? Absolutely. And not just weight loss, but with your skin, with your financial status with really everything in your life. I mean, it might sound a little woo-woo, but I really think that we become what we're repetitively telling ourselves. Just like I was saying earlier, how important it is to be aware of what you're telling yourself, because that will come to fruition in some form or fashion. I'm not saying you're going to cause a natural disaster necessarily, but in your own life, you will probably, if you seek the good, you see the good. And if you seek the negative unintentionally or not, you become that negativity. And so I think that if you tell yourself things like over and over speaking to weight loss, oh, I'm just so overweight. I can never do this. And well, you're not going to then because you have set that limiting belief for yourself. If you tell yourself you have acne, if you tell yourself you have a poor relationship, whatever it is that will become your reality. So I think it really does all start in the mind. And then speaking to actual habits of routine. Absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, consistency is key. 
Um, if you want to feel better, whether it's you're wanting to lose weight or not, just to have a healthier life, you can't just eat a salad one time or go on a walk one other time. You know, it's, it's just these little habits that make up your lifestyle and your lifestyle creates you and who you are. Yeah, definitely. Angela, so what are some common misconceptions about a routine? I feel like just in our everyday conversations, you're a very structured person. So I'd love to know kind of from your perspective, what are some common misconceptions? Yeah, I think there are, there are several and um, Sarah kind of alluded to some of them. Um, one of them I would say is people feel like, I think sometimes people hear routine, especially people that are not involved in a routine and they think, oh gosh, your routine is restrictive. That's going to restrict me. It's going to hold me back. And it's actually the opposite. Routine and good habits leads to good outcome. And I mean, we've heard that from, you know, several of the panelists, I think, have have said that, you know, that their routine helps them be the most productive they can be in their day. And so I think some people hear routine and they think, oh, I'm going to get, you know, just um, shoehorned into this thing. And it's going to, I'm not going to feel the freedom. Um, but in, and you can have freedom within your routine. And I think, well, I, that's something I'll bring up later and the importance of that, that um, routines are not restrictive. They actually free you up. Um, to do what you need to do. I think one of the other uh, misconceptions about a routine, and as we listen to this podcast, I think we need to listen with this filter, one size does not fit all. <laughs> and so, you know, what works for Christy may not work for me. Um, what works for SK may not work for Chrissy. I think you have to evaluate your own life and your own situation and figure out what routine is going to work best for you. And seasons of life dictate that routine as well. And so, and um, that leads to another uh, misconception. I think people think that routines are set. Like once you set a routine, you never, you know, get away from it. Well, there may be certain aspects of your routine that you you keep, um, you know, forever. But then there's going to be aspects of your routine that change based on where you are in your life and what you're doing. I mean, my routine is vastly different now than it was when my girls were very small. Um, so routines evolve and they change, especially as you change as a person um, and your, your priorities are going to change. Those, those routines will change and they'll adapt to routines adapt, you know? Um, and it's just, it's some of those good, healthy habits um, that you get in place and healthy habits, I think, and I think Sarah could chime in on this healthy habits tend to give birth to new healthy habits. Like once you establish a good, healthy habit in an area, it tends to lend itself to birthing a new habit in, in some other part of your life where it, you know, you, you realize, okay, I've got this, this part of my life. I feel good about it, but now I'm looking at this part. I'm like, where can, how can that, how can I get into a new healthy habit on, on this side of the equation? So those are just a few, just off the top of my head. Yeah, those are great. I really love the idea of it's been coming a common theme in terms of boundaries versus routines. And the fact that I feel like when you create them, you, you don't think that, okay, now I'm done. Well, it always evolves. You can always recheck and evaluate what's best for your own season in life. So I think that's a good point. Very good point. So um, switching into Christy, is there one particular routine throughout the day that makes you feel like you are thriving? Like, like I've got it down pat, like I'm winning today. Um, definitely the hour of power. Um, if I, if I miss that, it, it's just not good. So when I'm, when I am loving on my clients and checking in and prospecting for business, that is when I feel like is the best time for me. And without that, I, 
I feel like I've wasted the day. So um, I heard somebody say um, on something I was listening to, I don't even know who it was, you know, if your family followed you around throughout the day, at the end of the day, would they be proud of, of what you had done? And so that's always my check of like, ah, okay, I, I goofed around or, or did I spend the time I was away from them wisely? And when I have that hour of power, I know I've spent my time away from my family very wisely. Yeah. What about anyone else on the call and anyone have like something that really just makes them feel like they're thriving? I'll chime in. I'm a, I'm a big walker. If I, if the weather permitting, I, even if it's cold or hot, as long as it's not storming, basically I get outside and walk. And to me, that is exercise for my body and mind. Obviously it's physical movement, but it's like therapy for me. Either I listen to nothing and just take a moment of somewhat of stillness and quietness in my life, or I listen to a podcast or something inspiring and learn from it. And I completely am aware of when I miss the, my, the walk in my day. Mm. It's a good point. So just to add, I would say for me, um, when I'm when I'm actually thriving is when I can manage to do my self-care routine on a Sunday night. Um, Sunday nights, you know, typically it's like wind down, you're meal prepping, you're having all these things getting ready for Monday. But if I can make it to, hey, have an hour of self-care, I'm washing my face, I'm putting all, all my products on, I'm actually getting a butt mask and I have on my nice comfy cotton robe. That is a moment of solitude as well as time for meditation, time for reflection. It's really clear my mind and my head for the upcoming week. So if I can get to my routine every Sunday, I feel like, okay, it's the upcoming week, no matter what happens, I know I got a good facial. So I know I'll, even if the world goes crazy, my face is going to look amazing. Um, but I know also I had time to reflect on what happened in the previous week. And I know what to look forward and what to do for uh, this upcoming week. I love that. Switching gears a little bit. How has your routine changed over time, Angela? You know, I alluded to it earlier. Um, when my girls were little, my routine was uh, a lot busier <laughs> in some ways. And, I, you know, I had to prioritize their needs um, over mine. And so um, as I've uh, gotten older and they've gotten independent, um, it's, it's more time for me. And so um, I've been able to incorporate um, a lot more into my routine just for me that I have been able to uh, in the past. And so um, there's more time for me to, you know, there are times when, you know, if I got a workout in great, you know, but if not, it just, you know, I, it had, it was what it was when you've got sick kids or, you know, carpool and all the stuff that goes with that, it just, it gets kind of crazy, especially if you're working full time. And so, but now I, I definitely have the space to do that and I love it and, um, and carve out just time for, um, you know, things that I enjoy. Like I love, I didn't include it in my bio, but I love to bake and it's, it's one of my favorite things to do and decorate cookies and cakes and all that kind of stuff. So I've got a lot more margin for that uh, to include some of that, um, especially on the weekends, give myself a little bit of downtime where it was just, you know, chaos 24 seven there for a while. <laughs> so those, those routines uh, are, are definitely different now and, and I enjoy them and I, and I foresee them changing, you know, eventually as I get into retirement age and that sort of thing, I'll, I'll have different routines around that time in my life. But that's kind of just generally how that's changed over the last five, six years. So for me, I'm currently going through a routine change. Um, 
one being the fact that it is starting to warm up in Vegas. Um, I know that I have to get up a little bit earlier to walk my dog and make sure he has a comfortable walk, you know, not getting too hot. Um, but also in, the, in addition to the change, I'm also starting grad school next month. So now I'm trying to change my routine to where at nighttime I allow, I'll have more time really in my wind down session to, um, you know, be able to work on some homework or projects, whatever that looks like, you know, when I start school. Um, even being able to take advantage of the weekend time, but not spend all of my time doing schoolwork. So I'm currently in a season of changing my routine. And before I actually start grad school, I'm trying different things, maybe getting up a little bit earlier, 30 minutes early, see how do I feel? How do I feel about coming to work? Um, having that extra time where I got up early and walk my dog as well as like being able to work on some work. So I'm in a season of changing routines. I love that. Um, what about you, Christy? So for me, mine has only just gotten better. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I used to just fly by the seat of my pants. So um, just setting some routines and, and, and being very intentional about time has really gotten better. Um, and I feel a whole lot l- less stressed out having a routine. I'll jump in while she's waiting awesome. that I've started getting up earlier than I ever used to. And I get up now with an alarm clock. I'm not like you, unfortunately, I do naturally wake up somewhat early, but not six, six thirty. So I set my alarm for six and it's one of those that starts with light and then has some sort of soothing noise. And then I'm intentional about not even looking at my phone because I didn't have to touch it as an alarm for the first hour I'm awake. And that really has shifted my day. I'm an entrepreneur. So it's so easy to just start and never stop. There's always something to do. And so if I just carve that hour out for mental health, for just waking up peacefully and not jumping into the next problem, I've noticed that that helps a lot. I would like to know about that alarm clock. Where, what is that all about? And where do we find one? Oh my gosh. I got it from Amazon. It's basically a knockoff of the hatch alarm, but it's only $40 and does the trick, I think. So I'll send SK the link and she can send it if y'all want. Thank you. Not that I really need one, but you never know. So as we're going, I love that y'all are talking about how routine has changed over time. Cause for myself, that's something that I'm still figuring out. I'd like to say by now I, would, I should have had it figured out, but I think it's really interesting to hear how things change over time, different seasons. So what are some new things you want to incorporate more into your routine? Um, Sarah, you started talking a little bit about that, but um, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into it. Sure. Well, like I said, I've gotten much better at the morning routine. I feel like I have my flow, at least for now, like some of you guys have said, I mean, I will shift that. I don't have children yet. I know this is not going to be the way it works forever, but nighttime routine. I need to get better at, um, I'm very good about not touching my phone at night. I struggle hard. It's harder for me to not to put it up when I know I need to at a certain time in the PM. So I've been trying to be more mindful of that and limit my screen time. It's hard when I use the phone so much for work, but that's an excuse that I need to cut off by a certain time at night. And that's what something that's something that I'm working on. What about you, Tamaya? I know that you're reading, uh, is it Atomic Habits right now? Is that what you were sharing when we first came on? I know you're still early into the book, but what are your initial thoughts? Um, so far from what I've read, like I said, I'm still in the very beginning, like, um, but from what I read so far, it seems very interesting. Um, I can't remember what from word exactly what it said, but I remember reading it saying, like, your routines start 
after you get going. So, you know, I think when we think about creating routines, creating structure, we're like, okay, I need to map this out. But you spend so much time trying to map out what to do, you never get to it. You know, especially even just like for me working out, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go work out today. And I get on my clothes. I'm like, okay, let me plan what I'm going to do. Before, by the time I plan out, I'm like, oh, well, now I don't feel like going, you know? And Gizmo's looking at me on the couch, like, oh, just sit down. You don't have to work out. Um, so for me, what I'm trying to plan into my routine um, is being able to take 15 minutes a day just to read. Um, even with working out, you know, the same thing, you just take 15, 30 minutes a day just to uh, to work out. So try not to make it this huge, big ordeal, um, incorporate it to my routine, but get it to the point where it becomes a routine. End of the day, my phone calls are not disturbed, 15 minutes take to read, or waking up 30 minutes early to walk my dog, and now I'm up early, why not just take 30 minutes to go to the gym? Um, so finding ways like that to incorporate it to my routine. That's great. And from an HR perspective, Tobaya, you know, what are some like successful characteristics or traits or even routines that you see some employees uh, living out that just makes you smile and makes you realize if only everyone else tried to do this and incorporate this into their day, they might have a little bit more success in their current role. So from the HR perspective, I would say one of the things I've noticed uh, from a place that are successful is their pride. And when someone is very proud of their work, you're going to see them take initiative, right? They're going to have a drive that's going to outdrive everyone else. So that's one of the big things you see. They're self-motivated. They're taking initiative. Um, they prioritize, you know, they're looking at what needs to be done for the day, but they're also taking their own personal, um, what they have going on in personal life also to in, in effect as well. Um, they communicate their needs. So speaking of, you know, having personal things going on, if they know, if you have an employee that's pretty successful, they know, hey, I have X, Y, Z to do this week, but they know they have certain things going on. They communicate their needs to those that, you know, around them, whether that's their manager or maybe their work best friend, but they communicate with someone that way they know, hey, and if I fall behind on this, this is what I have going on. And most times that's what people need to know. Like, hey, you know, I may not need to know the details exactly, but it's good to know what you have going on. That way, if you have to shift your priorities, they know what's going on, but that way you can still be successful as well. Um, also, I know like, I don't know if you guys ever heard the phrase called like, eat the frog, where people say at the end of the day, you tackle uh, the big biggest task. So. For me personally, I feel like eating the frog isn't necessarily beginning of the day. You have to go based off of what feels right to you. So if you know you're most productive in the evening time, you may not eat the frog in the first you know, half of the day. You may do that later on in the day. So maybe you start with those shorter, smaller tasks, get those out the way, build up your momentum. And now that you're at your peak and you're like, okay, I have my Red Bull handy. You know, I have cleared my desk. Now I can work my big task in the evening time. And that's something that you do as well. So those are traits I've noticed in employees that are successful. They prioritize, they take initiative, they're self-motivated, they communicate their needs, and there's really are working to do things that go well with their personal schedule as well. Not just necessarily because getting up the day, you know, have to start um, with the biggest task. I love the idea of the frog idea. Um, it just makes me smile and, and makes me kind of laugh to myself because I'm the kind of person I need like five cups of coffee into my day before you can really have a conversation with me. And so I can, I really love that and want to embrace that more in my life. I'm way more pro, like active and proactive in my day to day, uh, much later. So that's a good point because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people feel like, okay, early riser, uh, early bird gets the worm. Like, let me get in there, but not everyone operates that way. So that's a good point. 
Absolutely. I can even think of Angela on this call. She probably has mentioned this already. And if you haven't, I'm just going to go ahead and share it. You know, she walks with her sister every single morning. Right. And I just admire that because I feel like it gives you that energy that get up and go every morning. And I'm telling you, Angela is like the first person in the office every day and it's just ready to go. And I'm like, Oh, I just need to drink some more coffee and get in here. Um, but it just makes me, it makes me smile because she has that set routine every morning. She knows what to expect. And they say statistically that it helps eliminate friction in your day. If you can go ahead and plan out your day, of course, to, to, to Maya's point, some things come up, right? Like in, in real estate, things definitely come up. Um, but how do you counteract that with already having some structure? So it's not, everything doesn't feel like a big fire. Um, there's smaller fires, but then the big stuff doesn't feel so big. And I think that's, that's where like that healthy mindset, healthy routine can really play a major role. Well, SK, this is Angela and I've done a good job of fooling you uh, because I am not a morning person. I hate to get up in the morning, but it's the only time of the day that I can get my exercise in on a, on a regular basis. And so if I don't get it all out of the way, first thing in the morning, it just doesn't happen because, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I feel like I'm more productive toward the end of the day. And so I'll end up working late and you know this because we're over the computer together at about five 30 every day. <laughs> we finally got the wheels turning and we're getting stuff done. Uh, so I have to do it every morning. And, um, so I do it with my sister because she is the one person in the world who will not take any guff. Like she's no, we're walking. I'll meet you there in 15 minutes. Like she's, she is not going to let me off the hook. And so, um, and that's really kind of a, another point in all of this and the, these routines, you know, is accountability and the right accountability partner. My husband is a terrible accountability partner when it comes to exercise. If I were to roll over and say, Oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to go. He'd be like, okay, that's fine. We don't have to go. You know, but my sister, she's not going to, she's not going to do that. She's going to hold me to it. And we're going to go walk. So accountability is a good thing. And even self-accountability, I love what Sarah was talking about self-talk because it made me think about how many times I have to self-talk myself. Every time that alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I just kind of have to, I just have this kind of conversation with myself. And it's like, if I don't get up and go and I don't go do this, I'm going to feel bad about this. I'm going to feel bad that I missed my workout. I'm going to feel bad because I didn't get my workout. I sleep so much better at the end of the day if I get my workout in. And it's like you said, it gets me awake. I am not naturally a wake up person in the morning like Christy, I need an alarm and I need something to help my blood get going and my brain get going and walking in the morning first thing. And so I, I tell myself, you're going to feel worse about this. If you don't do this, you need to get up. You know, it's for your good. You're going to do better today. You're going to feel better today. You can do this. And that positive self-talk of, of you can do it, get up, get going. This is going to be good. You're going to love how you feel when you're done. I think that applies to everything, including eating the frog, because we all get to that task and we're like, oh, I don't want to tackle this. But, you know, we, we know that if we do it and we stick to the plan that it's going to it's going to re- we're going to reap the benefits. And so it all it all kind of interworks works together. And, and um, you know, accountability, positive self-talk, sticking to the routine it leads to so much more productivity. And the fact that I can fool you into thinking that I'm really productive in the morning tells me that it's working. <laughs> Accountability, man. I'm telling you, it's doing wonders. Um, so switching gears. So Sarah, you know, you're always cooking up something incredible in your kitchen and it always looks really good, but also pretty healthy too, which is saying something. Cause I'm usually gravitating towards like the fried food, Sonic, where you at? Like that's more my speed. 
Um, so tell me, you know, how do you prioritize that into your routine morning and night? Because you're, it seems like you're cooking a good bit at nighttime. Like how do, how do you factor that into your work day? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I have to say that most of the time, not every day, most of the time it's a little therapeutic for me. I actually enjoy the process of creating something with a time constriction or restriction around it. Because if I get past like 30, 40 minutes, I'm over it. But if I can, you know, spend 30 minutes putting something that's good together and healthy, then, then I enjoy it. It's a creative outlet. But at the same time, I want to do things that make me feel good and eating a certain way makes me feel good. And I think it's really important to say that I don't always cook at home and I don't always eat whole foods, healthy foods, everything like that, because that's just life. And I think that it's more important to add what you can instead of restricting what you can't or what you choose not to at the time. So you can just add more fruits and vegetables, add more water, things like that. It's a lot more I guess, approachable than saying, don't eat this, don't eat that, never eat sugar, blah, blah, blah. And I forgot who, but someone said this earlier, there's no one size fits all. It's not like whatever works for me will work for you necessarily when it comes to diet specifically too. So just experimenting with whole foods and seeing what feels good for you. And if it's important to you in anything in life, you will make time for it. And for me, something that's important to me is cooking real foods, having that time in the kitchen at night, eating dinner with my husband, just as much as we can realistically. And like I said, it's what makes me feel good. And to me, it's not at all restrictive. If I want cheese on top of my dinner, that's what I'll eat if I want pizza. But I just know how I feel after eating. And I keep that in the back of my mind when I make my daily choices. That's a good point. To recap, structure is important. Sometimes working backwards, what are people's needs in your agenda in terms of your meetings? I think Maya mentioned that. She also mentioned the frog, which I really loved that. Uh, Christy mentioned boundaries and um, do not disturb on the phone and a notebook by the bed and even that hour of power. I really am going to embrace that this week. I love that Angela mentioned that routines, you know, aren't restrictive. Um, good habits lead to good outcomes. And I think that's a brilliant way to look at things. Accountability is huge. And I love that you mentioned that, Angela. Um, I loved, it's not a one size fits all mantra. Everyone has a different perspective. And I just think that consistency is key and in, in knowing that um, it takes time to evolve and time to figure things out and have a little grace for yourself. And so uh, just appreciate all of y'all's insight from your different worlds that you live in, different seasons and industry, and really do appreciate it. So thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.